So we started a sermon series last April going really verse by verse through the book of Acts called Church on the Move. And um, we're at a transitional place in that sermon series where we've just really watched the Apostle Paul wrap up his second mission trip. And he's about to launch into his third and final mission trip. And so I hear you turning your Bibles there, and I'm really glad you are, but we're not going to go there today. We're going to hit pause, and I think because we're at that place where it's transitioning, that's a good place for us to take a pause. And just to be completely honest with you, this week I just really struggled with where to go right now. Is it to continue on through Acts? And I was just really restless with that and trying to get some direction from the Lord. And so I think the Lord really made it clear to me that today was a good day just to set our journey through the book of Acts aside for at least a season, and to follow the Lord in a little different direction. So, look, here's what's weird for me. This makes me really uncomfortable. I don't have a sermon today. I know, isn't that weird? Um, Y'all know we're really highly devoted to just verse by verse going through Scripture. Um, And actually, I I don't even have a Scripture verse to preach on today. And I hope you'll forgive me for that. And I honestly hope you're as uncomfortable with that as I am. That would be a good thing. If you're like, wait a minute, we're not unpacking the truth of God's word today? That doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. But, but here's why we're doing that. And hopefully you'll give me grace here, okay? Today, what I want to do is just give you the sermon intro for what will be the sermons that I preach over at least the next three weeks. The sermon intro is going to take me a little time, and I'll need all day today to do it, and I won't be able to duplicate that in the weeks to come. So I hope that makes sense. So, you know, I've heard that it takes a month to break a bad habit and to replace it with a good habit. Anybody struggle with any bad habits in the room, right? You, you are currently, or you sort of know what that's like. Well, because it typically takes a month to do that, that's why I've decided that not only because of where we are in the book of Acts, but just on the calendar, this is a really good time to just pause and really try to focus in on the next four weeks, uh, to focus in on the next month that we're going to spend together. So I want us to set aside the next month of our lives to focus in on asking God to do this. God, would you help us to break some bad habits that we have formed in our lives? And would you help us replace the bad habits with habits that are good? Not even good habits, but God habits. Would you help us replace those bad habits with habits, lifestyle choices that are honoring and glorifying to who you are, God? So I think this month will be important for us as a church family. And you may not have thought about this yet, but one month from today is Time Change Sunday. We're going to spring forward that day, right? We're going to move the clocks forward one hour. But here's what I want to say to you today. By the time we get to March 13th, our Grace Life family should be doing a whole lot more than just moving our clocks forward one hour. On that day, we ought to be asking the Lord, by that day, have us to a place, Lord, where you are moving our lives forward. 
Have us to a place, Lord, where you are moving our service to you, our devotion to you, our fellowship with you, our fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ to move all of that forward. God, by the time we get to Time Change Sunday, God, would you be moving my life forward in such a way that I would be becoming more and more like Jesus? We've been in this sermon series called Church on the Move, and we've watched God's church in the book of Acts in its early days continue to advance and continue to move forward despite tons of all kinds of opposition. But for a lot of us, let's be honest, forward has not been our direction lately. Many of us have just sort of been in sort of a neutral sort of position for a while. And some have even been in reverse. So March 13th is Time Change Sunday. And it's not only the day that we move the clocks forward. But, it, but that Sunday, strangely enough, it marks the two-year anniversary of the last time our church family worshipped together before all the COVID stuff started. And, and we all know what a hard, challenging, difficult two years, to say the least, that we've all been in globally around the world. And this is a good time for me just to tell you this. If you don't know this already, God has been so good to us during those two years. God has been so, so faithful. And, and, and there was fear and trepidation and there was concern that a lot of the things that we were still trying to do as a church family um, wouldn't go well. And God just made it go so well. We, we kept gathering together. We kept singing together. We kept meeting in small groups together. We, we kept trying to do all the things that we could possibly do together, but not foolishly, you know. Not recklessly. We weren't burying our heads in the sand about what was going on in the world. But we just, we just kept trusting the Lord and, and pressing forward. And I just want to tell you today that nothing that we've done, nothing that Grace Life has done over the last two years resulted in any kind of significant outbreak of COVID among us or the, our loved ones. I don't know of one hospitalization I don't know of one person that passed away because of anything that our Grace Life family continued to do over the course of those two years. To God be the glory for that. Listen, praise the Lord for that. Uh, not every church can say that today. Man, I know pastors who their experience through this and what their congregation experienced is a different story. I'm not saying this is true across the board. You say, well, why is that true for us? I do not know, and I don't have to know, but I will be the first one to stand up and say, thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I'm so thankful for that. And we don't take it for granted. So despite the fact that now, y'all, we've got two years of living with all this stuff under our belt, here's the facts today. I love you, so I'm going to tell you the facts. Our average attendance here at Grace Life, despite how good it's all gone, is down by about 25% from where it was two years ago. Part of that 
It's just there were some people on the fringes who just were kind of, you know, touch and go. And so they went. And, and then there were some people who, they just weren't faithful to a small group. And listen, if you're not faithful to a small group, the truth is your life expectancy in a local fellowship is not going to be long. It just won't. And so sadly, we're probably not going to see some of those people again. That's just the truth. Some people that we've not seen for two years, the reality is we may not see them again. And look, this is not exclusive to Grace Life. You just need to know that. This is probably the vast majority of churches, and not just in the Bible Belt, and not just in America, but all over the world. And you need to know this. I am not discouraged by that. Here's why. Because I believe in the sovereignty of God. It's His church. Amen? Amen. It's His to do with it whatever He feels need to do. That's His call. It was Jesus who gave His life and shed His blood to redeem a people for Himself called His church. So we belong to Him. And I just happen to believe that we're in a season of God sifting and God pruning his church. And I don't feel good, but, but I'm good with that. Because the word teaches us that when God does that, he does that so that he might produce more fruit. The process isn't fun, but what it produces, what God produces from it at the end of the day, is glorious to him and joy-filled for us. And so that's really kind of where my heart is today. But the main reduction in our attendance here at Grace Life isn't because people are leaving the church. In fact, I just told you, we're growing, right? 40 people in a month coming to our membership class. I mean, if you kept that average going, that's 400 people this year. I'm really not praying for that. I can't keep up with that. We need it to go a little bit slower for us to really, I think, do a good job with what God has put in front of us to do. So you say, well, Pastor, explain. If all these people are coming to Grace Life, and yet our attendance is down 25%, how do you, how do you explain that? Well, it's because of this. It's because a lot of y'all who are Grace Life people and have been Grace Life people, you're not coming with the same regularity that you were coming with just a couple of years ago. That's, that's the difference. Too many of our people are connecting with the family of God less frequently. Too many of our people are serving God less consistently. And probably, therefore, because of that, making less of a difference for the cause of Christ in the world today. A, a good chunk of y'all, it hasn't changed. But, but there's a, a, a significant number of folks that pre-COVID, they were here all the time, 48 weeks out of the year. And now they're, they're coming like 36 weeks out of the year. And then there were the folks that were coming 36 weeks out of the year, and now they're down to about 24 weeks of the year. And then those folks that were coming about 24 weeks out of the year, now they're coming about once a quarter. 
And the folks that were coming about once a quarter, uh, we'll see them at Easter. So in terms of Grace Life's faithfulness to worship God and connect to His people and to serve His church and to go tell others about Jesus, I think it's fair to say that collectively you could say that our faithfulness to the Lord is down by about 25%. His faithfulness to us has never dipped below 100 But ours to him is something that every single one of you, starting with me, needs to be asking ourselves that question. And we need to be taking a long, hard look at, Lord, help me see the trajectory of my relationship with you, my walk with you, my faithfulness to you. Now, some cynics in the room are thinking, I bet this guy's just talking about this because money's down. You don't know me. I don't give a hoot about money. I know when your heart's where the Lord wants your heart to be, money's fine, right? So I just want to speak to the heart, let the Holy Spirit handle the money, and he does. Guess what? Two, for these two years, giving's up, up, up. Praise the Lord for that. And, I, and I'm grateful to you guys for that. Um, so if it was about money, I'd keep my mouth shut today and not rock the boat. But it's not about money. So let's rock. Amen. The trends that we're watching are indicative that what's happening is a lot of us have just formed some bad habits over the last couple of years. It, it doesn't take long. It really only takes a month. And we form some bad habits, and we're forming some bad habits. And somebody's always quick to say, well, pastor, it's not all about going to church. Well, I agree with that. It's not all about going to church. But I also know this. I've never seen anybody decrease in their faithfulness to the Lord's church and simultaneously increase in their faithfulness to the Lord himself. I've never seen it happen that way. So that's a big concern that we have. It's like saying to your dentist, well, life's not all about brushing your teeth. Okay, life is not all about brushing your teeth, but if you neglect that very basic personal hygiene activity on a regular basis, it's going to eventually compromise your overall physical health, not to mention your social life, right? Being present... Being present in worship under the preaching of God's word in fellowship with God's people is basic. It's as basic to the Christian life as as brushing your teeth is to being physically healthy. Being physically present in the weekly worship of the Lord with God's people is fundamental to the life of a Christ follower. And there's some Christ followers that are developing a lot of cavities in your spiritual life. Because you're neglecting, not all the time, but you're neglecting on a regular basis to do the very basic things that God has called his followers to do. 
to give him the first day of the week. To gather and to worship with the saints. To utilize the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you among the body to build it up. To make disciples and to go into all the world and to share the hope and the love that we have in Jesus. Some bad habits are forming in the lives of some people who at one time were really faithful. And we need to ask ourselves today, what is the trajectory of my relationship with Jesus going to look like if I don't change something? Could you just think the trajectory that I'm on, what, what is that going to look like next year and in three years and in five years? Is the traje- trajectory that I'm moving in in my relationship with God and to his people, is it, is it honoring to the Lord? Is my faithfulness to God? And listen, this is not a works thing. This is not a guilt thing. This is a grace-driven thing. God is worthy. He has saved us. He's called us. And we are to walk worthy. Amen? This is not a beat you up and put the shame and the guilt monster on anybody. This is a call to go back and look at the cross and behold Jesus and see his love and let that move your heart to where God would have us to go. And we need to ask, is my faithfulness to God going to increase or is it going to decrease in the coming months and years? And how will my answer to that question affect my children? And how will it affect my children's children? How will my answer to that question affect the brothers and sisters in Christ that God has put into my life? No man is an island. The way that we answer that question, how will I grow or decrease in my faithfulness to God? How you answer that is going to have tremendous implications for people that you love and that you care about. Listen, hear me. I'm not saying that over the last two years you should have been here every time the door was open. Many of you up until this very day perhaps, have had very good reason to avoid a lot of people, to avoid crowds, even to make some choices related to how you engage with the body of Christ. No guilt there. No shame there. But as your pastor, I am convinced that today is the day that I must tell you this, it is time to change. It's time. That's awkward to say that because this is very personal and I'll probably get people upset with me. That's been the one consistent through the whole journey. I promise you everything that I've tried to do has been a heart of love for what is best for the people that God has called us to love. And and it's out of love that I'm saying to you today, it's time. At least by Time Change Sunday. In fact, I'm just telling the government that we're officially changing the name Time Change Sunday to Time to Change Sunday. And so we're preparing from today through the next month to change. And to be at a new place where we're moving forward again. 
by the time we move the hands of the clock forward on March the 13th. I'm praying that by that day, time to change Sunday, that me and you, we all, will have cooperated with the work of the Holy Spirit in us. I want to be different over the next four weeks. I want to be at a different place in my relationship with the Lord. I, I need a revival. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm in need. I, I, I know that. I am in need of God's transforming work in my life. And I want to get my heart my mind around that and say, Lord, let's walk this thing out over the next four weeks. I, I want to see what you want to do in my life when that clock rolls forward one hour on March the 13th. Today's February the 13th. I want, I want to be on an upward trajectory. I haven't been consistently on that trajectory, but I want to be. Amen? I don't want to be on a downward trajectory. Some of you may be thinking, what about neutral? Can I just go neutral? No, you can't. That's not my rule. That's just the fact of life. There is no neutrality in your growth, in your relationship, in your walk with Jesus. We're either growing in that grace or we are cheapening his grace by the way that we are choosing to live our lives. It is time, church, to gather regularly again. It is time to connect with a small group of believers regularly again. For the love of me, I don't know why. We've had not one life group leader quit over the last two years. Praise the Lord. That, thank you, life group leader. That may be the biggest miracle over the last two years. Just that struggle to get your group together and to be steady and to be consistent. And I, I think it would be appropriate if we just praise the Lord for our life group leaders for a minute. <laughs> praise the Lord. Man. So it's time. It's time that we start serving the Lord again regularly. The current army of servants at Grace Life is not enough to work Vacation Bible School this summer. We've got we to have the kind of army we had back in 2019, all right? We've got to go forward. It's time to move forward. It, it's time that we get out in the world again and share the hope and the gospel of the Lord Jesus with the people around us. And it's not just about this place, but when we're talking about habits, we all struggle with a variety of all kinds of bad habits. So it's, it's bigger than just this place and this room and Sunday, but God, over the next month, I want you to go to work on these bad habits in my life. And let's acknowledge this, that a bad habit is usually connected to wrong beliefs, probably preaching a false gospel to ourselves, right? And, and so we want to break out of that where we have these wrong beliefs in our minds and we have these fleshly attitudes in our hearts. And say, God, just set us free from that. Let's be honest. Ultimately, bad habits are spiritual issues, are they not? 
Amen? Let's just call bad habits what God calls them. Sin. There's sin. They're not just bad choices or bad habits. It's sin. And breaking our bad habits, breaking our patterns of sin, you know what it's going to require first? Repentance. A change of mind. That's what repentance means. I'm no longer going to believe lies. I'm going to believe the truth of God. I'm going to believe the truth of God's word. And when we repent, God will not only change our thinking, God will change our hearts. And when God changes our hearts, God changes our habits. God changes our lives. So repenting is step one. And step two is replacing. Replacing the bad habit with a God habit. And what I want to do between now and time to change Sunday on March the 13th is I want to begin next Sunday laying out for you what I believe are the three most important habits for a follower of Jesus. We want to focus in on those three habits and begin to ask the Lord to help us develop those three habits in a solid, transforming way in our lives. And if we will form those or deepen those three habits over the next month, then a whole lot more is going to change than just the time on March the 13th. If we will form these habits or maybe reform these habits in our life, then... Over the next month, we won't just be advancing the clock. We'll be advancing the kingdom. I think most of us, I do, I look forward to Time Change Sunday. I, like, I look forward to the days getting longer. I'm going to get outside. I'm going to start my garden. Me and Shannon are going to start walking. going to play with the kids. You know, how many of you just like the time change? And keep it, amen? Come on, let's just keep it that way. I know how you feel. But here's the reality, you know, when that time changes on March 13th, it's going to cost you something, isn't it? What are we going to lose? One hour of sleep. It's going to cost you. If you've got little ones, it's really going to cost you. That, right? Because it's going to mess up their sleep pattern. And so you're going to kind of feel that for a few days. Listen. Not only will time change Sunday cost you something, but time to change Sunday is going to cost you something too. It will. Inviting God to change your life over the next month will cost you. For example, if I want to be more like Jesus a month from now, that's going to cost me something. Let's say I want to change in the area of prayer. I want to grow in that. You know what that's going to cost me? It's going to cost me time. But the result of that is, through prayer, I'm learning to talk more like Jesus talks. That's the payoff. It's worth the cost. I want to change in the area of God's Word. I want to, I want to be more devoted to God's Word. I want to read it more. I want to study it more. I want to meditate it more. And that's going to cost me. It's going to cost me some energy, Right? To dig and to stay awake and to write and to study and to cross-reference and to search it out. It's going to cost me energy. But is it worth that? Yes, because the payoff is I begin to think more like Jesus. The Bible says we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. I want to change in the area of worship. I want to be more devoted to God. I want Him to have more of my honor and more of my praise. And that's going to cost me. You know what it's going to cost me? It's going to cost me some idols in my life. 
i got to turn loose and let go of some things so that I worship God with all my heart and soul and mind and strength. Is that going to be worth it? You bet. Because when I begin to worship God more, then my attitude is going to be more like Jesus' attitude. I want God to change my attitude. I want to grow in the area of humility. Is that change going to cost me? You bet it's going to cost me. It's going to cost me selfishness. Is that worth it? You bet it's worth it because then my attitude is going to be more like the attitude of Jesus who, although he was God, very God, humbled himself and took the form of a bondservant. I want to grow in the area of my faith. I want my faith to be stronger. I want to trust God more for greater things. Is that going to cost me? It's going to cost me. It's going to cost me some some perceived security and comfort. But is that worth it? You bet it's worth it because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. I definitely want to grow in the area of faith. I want my hope that I have in Jesus to change. I want my hope in Jesus to deepen so much in my heart that it's just spilling over in the conversations and the interactions that I'm having with people out in the world. Is that going to cost me? You bet it's going to cost me. It's going to cost me fear. Fear of rejection, fear of, fear of being made fun of to speak up for the hope that I have in the name of Jesus. Is it worth the cause? You bet it is because I might just get the front row seat to watching God change somebody's life. Amen. I want to change in the area of the love of God. I want to love people like God loves people. Is that going to come with a cost? You bet it is. It's going to cost me my pride. Is that worth it? Oh, yeah. For God to teach me how to love people with his compassion and with his mercy, that's worth it. I think most of you agree with me that it is time. It's time to, maybe for the first time, or maybe for the first time in a long time, take our position that God has called us to, to move his kingdom, to move his name, to move his plan, to move his purposes forward, to join our brothers and sisters out of the book of Acts and be a church on the move. We tried to flatten that curve two years ago, and I think in doing what was good to do, One thing that wasn't good that came from that, we didn't just try to flatten the curve, but we sort of flattened the work of the kingdom. But it's time to ask the Lord to start a new curve. A big, epic, unstoppable curve of his power and grace and salvation that rises up in our world and rises up in our hearts and rises up in the darkness and changes my life and your lives and our families' lives and the lives of the people all around our communities for God's glory. He's worthy of that. So I'm inviting you today, my church family that I love. It's time. It is time. Beginning today, it's time to turn our eyes on Jesus. I'm inviting you today to actively participate in this journey that we're going to go on over the next several weeks from now to time to change Sunday on March the 13th because it is time. It is time to change. It is time 
to bust some bad habits. It is time to ask the Lord to start good, no, no, God habits in our lives for his glory and for our joy. God, we bow our hearts before you today. So grateful for your faithfulness to this church family over this journey. We've been affected. We all have. Some in the hardest of ways. And were it not for the hope of glory, we would be grieving today like those who have no hope. But our hope is in you, Lord. And even death itself can't take that away from us. But God, it, it is as if you have shielded and protected us in this place in, ex, in an extraordinary way. And we can't thank you enough. We give you glory for that. And God, we've had to do what we've had to do. I, I believe, God, that nobody understands that better than you. You have known every situation. You have known every concern. You have known every individual need. And I do not believe, God, that you are coming down on your church today in judgment, in anger, or in wrath. But God, I do believe you are calling us to step back out onto the water. So God, we're asking you today that as we do that, for some of us, that, that's not going to be really hard to do. God, for others, the thought of stepping back out on the water is one that comes with a lot of emotion, and you know that. Would you pour your spirit out, and your grace out on those today? Would you help us all to keep our eyes on you today, Lord? We're reminded as when Peter stepped out of the boat and onto that water in the middle of a storm, was moving forward until the next boom of thunder came and then he lost his focus and he started to sink we're going to hear more booms of thunder no doubt but God we're asking you for grace today to keep our eyes on you because we want to walk forward with you Jesus in this life this one life that you've given us in your name we pray.